Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. One. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants offensive line turned in probably their best performance of the season in yesterday's win over the Washington Commanders. But there was one massive change on the offensive line that really stood out in this game, and it was the absence of Evan Neal and the presence of Tyree Phillips. Tyree Phillips stepped in there, recently signed off the Philadelphia Eagles practice squad, and performed pretty admirably. He had a good performance uh, up front at the right tackle spot for the New York Giants. So now this begs the question, when Evan Neal is healthy and ready to return, should he? Or should Tyree Phillips continue to maintain his spot at the right tackle spot, or at least just gain more playing time in some fashion at right tackle or swing tackle, wherever the case might be? So we're going to go ahead and discuss this right tackle situation for the New York Giants. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex... How are you doing today, my friend? And what are your thoughts on Tyree Phillips' performance in this most recent game? I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, look, anytime we win a football game, I wake up a little bit lighter the next day. I definitely don't have to talk about doom and gloom. So today we get to talk about some positive stuff. And for what it's worth, this offensive line against Washington, and they have a pretty decent pass rush. Jerome Payne, obviously, and Jonathan Allen, and, you know, Sweat, and they also have, uh, you know, Chase Young. Good, good unit there. Uh, they played well. The offensive line stood their ground. And, you know, reports coming out before the game that Brian Dable was actually doing a little bit more coaching the individual units. I wonder if he had anything to do with that because this line looked much improved and it was another alignment. Like, it wasn't the exact same thing we've been seeing every week. We had Justin Pugh starting a left tackle, Marcus McKethan over on the left side. Uh, of course, Ben Bredesen at center. Um, you have Glowinski back at right guard and Tyree Phillips at right tackle. And Anthony, I'm going to throw out something that, you know, maybe we haven't even thought about yet. Mark Lewinsky, when playing alongside Evan Neal, was really freaking bad. Really freaking bad. Is there a narrative here that Lewinsky played a lot better because Tyree Phillips was at right tackle? You know? Gotta watch the film back. Kind of an interesting perspective there. It could be something to think about because Lewinsky was terrible. Like, god-awful. And Bredesen looked unbelievable in this most recent game. He was awesome. Didn't give up a single sack. Had one of the highest grades of any center in this week's, uh, this week's games. And alongside him, Glowinski just bounces back from after getting benched in week one, and suddenly he's playing really, really well, and you know, he played a lot better at left guard last week, and then he moved back over to right guard, and he has his best game maybe in two years, like you know, that's that's kind of awesome to see, and, and now you have to ask yourself, why is that? Was it because Washington just really sucked? Or was it because the player he was playing alongside in Tyree Phillips and Ben Bredesen were just better? Um, it's definitely something to consider. I want to get your take on it, obviously. We're going to talk about Tyree Phillips, you know, what we think that his role is going to be moving forward, and I'm starting to think that maybe I'm okay with, you know, forgetting that Evan Neal was the seventh overall pick and and go in a direction where we actually have a little bit more upside here. I think that Tyree Phillips held his own. He gave up one pressure. He had the highest pass blocking grade of any right tackle we've played this year. So really only Evan Neal um, at the right tackle position. He had the highest pass, pass blocking grade in this game out of any game that Neal's played this year. So and you tell me, man. I feel like there's maybe something there. If 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 he comes back and plays well against the Jets, who have a really strong pass rush, I think this conversation now becomes legitimate. And we have to think about the, the fact that Evan Neal should maybe lose his job at right tackle. You know, what are you thinking about that? 
Yeah, I mean, to first and foremost discuss what you're saying with Mark Lewinsky, I think you make a really good point there because it kind of does tie into pretty much everything I've been saying all season long. I don't view Evan Neal's problems as being physical problems, like he's not athletic enough or not built to play the right tackle position. He's very clearly built to play the right tackle position at the NFL level, but he does struggle a lot, and I've been saying for a long time, Alex, I think all of his problems are mental. I think his football IQ is not that great. I don't think he communicates well on the offensive line, and that might be causing some struggles from some of his teammates like Mark Lewinsky, because we saw all year long last season, this season as well with Evan Neal, whenever a team would run a stunt against that right side of the Giants offensive line, Evan Neal and whoever was uh, lined up next to him, whether it be Lewinsky or McCathan or Bredesen for that matter, they just always failed to pick up the stunts. But now this past week, there was a few stunt pickups, and there wasn't such a clear lack of communication between the right guard and the right tackle against the Washington Commanders. So I think you're onto something there, Alex. I think you make a very good point. Again, we've been talking a lot this season about Evan Neal, his struggles in his football IQ department, and his struggles to clearly communicate with some of his teammates. Um, at least it should, looks that way when we roll back the film, when we take a deeper look at it. It looks like there's just a fundamental lack of communication across the board on the offensive line, but it did look better this last week without Evan Neal out there at right tackle. So I think there is a lot to be said about maybe a lot of the problems that Glowinski's been having have been due to lack of clear communication with his partner on his right shoulder in uh, Evan Neal. So you make a good point there. But in terms of Tyree Phillips and will he be winning the starting right tackle job, I'll, I'll say this. I think that the job still belongs to Evan Neal when he's healthy and ready to go. But one point that you kind of brought up there that I will make for you is that uh, Brian Dable has been very clear throughout his tenure here with the New York Giants that he does not care how much you're getting paid. He does not care where you were drafted. He cares about how you're playing. And if you're not playing well, you will be pulled from the lineup. And that's really the conversation about Evan Neal now is, do you continue to trot this guy out there because he was the seventh overall pick, because he was a highly touted rookie prospect? Or do you just go with the best player on your roster, whoever's giving you the best football at this current moment? And again, Brian Dable has made it clear to this locker room on numerous occasions that he's not going to play somebody just because they're getting paid a lot or because they were drafted in a high position. Kenny Galladay is the perfect example. Kenny Galladay was put in the doghouse very early last season, was benched for pretty much the entirety of the year, never got a chance to even make his presence felt in the Brian Dable system, but he wasn't performing well enough to stay on the field. And Brian Dable said, I don't care that we're paying you $18 million per season. You are not good enough to be on the football field. So he took Kenny Galladay off the football field. And again, I think a similar situation could potentially happen here with Evan Neal. If Brian Dable feels like they have a more talented or more suited player to play the right tackle spot, I don't think that he's going to care about him being the seventh overall pick um, and keep him on the field just because of that reason alone. He's going to go ahead and get the best players on the field at every opportunity possible. But then again, that does open up a conversation that people are starting to have about the quarterback spot. But Alex, I do want to hear what your take on that is. Does Evan Neal's draft position earn him some extra time on that field? Does that buy him a little bit more time? Or are you ready at this point to just see the guy who's playing better football and Tyree Phillips take the starting job? I mean, let's start to change the narrative, right? Let's start to change the narrative here. Um, If the Giants want to see their $40 million per year quarterback pan out, they're going to play the best player they can at right tackle. I don't give a shit about draft stock anymore. Evan Neal was a seventh overall pick, and he's played like the freaking 112th overall pick, probably even further down, like 200th overall pick. I don't even know. The truth is, is that the importance of Daniel Jones panning out, is that is the most important thing. 
That is the most important variable in this entire equation. Daniel Jones proving that he is worth $40 million per season, not Evan Neal panning out, your quarterback that you just extended on a four-year $160 million deal, that is the most important thing. If you have a player that's going to help him be better, then you are going to start that player. If the Giants do not do that, they're they are failing to recognize the logic uh, of what success looks like. Because, yes, you want to get the best out of Evan Neal, but we've now seen a year and a half's worth of games where he's been bad. Like, he was making progress, guys. Like, and, and objectively, he was making some progress um, the last two weeks before he got knocked out with his ankle injury. But the truth is, is it was marginal. Like, it wasn't a significant amount of progress. It was marginal progress. Um, it wasn't like, wow, he's turning this whole thing around progress. It was, okay, he had a couple of better games after some really bad games. So we have to ask ourselves, is that enough to warrant throwing him back out there? Tyree Phillips was good, like objectively good against um, a really good uh, commander's pass rush, right? The Jets have a really good pass rush. This is where I want to see Tyree Phillips play. I think Evan Neal should sit one more week, and if even if he's healthy, I don't think that he should play. I think this should be an open competition right now. You know, if you're, I think that Tyree Phillips starts this game. If he struggles, you put Evan Neal in there and see what happens. But there, there has to be an open position battle at the, at this spot now. Maybe I'm not willing to give Tyree Phillips the job after one game, um, but I sure as hell am opening it up to let the best man win because that's what it should be right now. The best man win allows Daniel Jones to be the quarterback you paid him to be and surviving with Evan Neal because you want him to become the best version of himself and, and Daniel Jones suffers because of it and gets injured and neck injuries and you know your whole offense falls apart and you're not winning games and now you're putting yourself in jeopardy. I think, th- I think if I'm Brian Dable, I'm thinking to myself, bro, if I don't, if I don't pick this team up, if we don't start winning more games – my job might be on the line. That's what I'd be thinking if I was Brian Dable. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. I don't think his job is on the line. But what I will say is that th- that's something that creeps into your head. If you're a coach and you're having a really bad season, and these are all your draft picks now, and some of them are your free agent selections, and your offense, and you're an offensive coordinator by nature, by heart, and you're failing to produce offensive results, you're on the line, man. Like you got to think. E- even if it's not Brian Dable, maybe it's Mike Kafka that's on the line. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Bobby Johnson that's on the line. He's got to protect some of these guys and play the best players available. So, you know, with that being said, I don't really care much about, like, the draft stock being an element in this equation in, in, in terms of giving Neil more slack. I think we've seen enough to know what he is. And right now it's just not a good player. And waiting for him to get there may compromise our offense, may compromise our ability to win football games, and may compromise the health of our $40 million quarterback. That's the truth. There is no quarterback controversy. As much as people want there to be, and Anthony, I know you like Tyrod Taylor, but you know as well as I do, the second that Daniel Jones is healthy, he's playing again, right? That's the truth, and you know that. So uh, if that's the case, protect him. Do what you have to do to make sure that he can be the best player that you can possibly make him be because that's what you paid him to do. If you're holding him back because other players are starting where they shouldn't, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Yes, that is a very much a giant thing to do, um, but I think that we all can come to the logical conclusion that the best player should be playing. And as you said with Kenny Galladay, they benched his ass because he wasn't good. They've benched guys in the past because they weren't good. Now is the time to take that next step. And look, Evan Neal's a good dude. I don't have anything against him. I know he came out and said those things a couple days ago. But the truth is he was frustrated. And I and actually I appreciate the fact that he's frustrated because at least he knows he needs to improve. Um, but sometimes you need there to be a competition to get the best out of players. Like he needs to know that his job isn't secure just because he was a high draft pick. Like there are players out there that want his job. Tyree Phillips wants his job. You know, he's coming from the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that – just develops really great offensive tackles. Um, You know, what are you thinking about that in terms of the importance being on Daniel Jones and protecting him and not being Evan Neal's development? 
Yeah, no, I, I think that you make the point there. The, the main job of those offensive linemen is to protect your quarterback, right? That is the goal number one. Keep your quarterback upright. Keep your quarterback from getting hit, getting sacked, and getting injured, right? That's the job of the offensive linemen is to be the bodyguards for the signal caller. So you make the right point there. That is the correct point is that it's not about Evan Neal and developing him. It's about protecting the quarterback, whether it is Tyrod Taylor back there or it is Daniel Jones back there. And what you said, I'm not trying to say that there's any quarterback controversy, as you pointed out i know that daniel jones is the starter no matter what and it's going to remain that way and it's the 40 million dollars it's everything daniel jones is still a talented player once he's healthy and back from this neck injury he's going to be back in the starting lineup i just like to commend tyrod taylor for what he's doing because i think going in there as a backup who hasn't started a football game in three years you got to give your hats off to him and just say great job tyrod taylor and be really impressed with what he's doing for this football team helping them now start to win some games but looking at that right tackle spot as you mentioned, with Evan Neal and whether or not he should be out there and Tyree Phillips, I think I have a slightly different take on it. I would like to see Evan Neal get a little bit more time, which I know is probably shocking for everybody to hear, but I think that you're looking at one game here with Tyree Phillips, and you don't know if it's a flash in the pan. Yeah, he just had a good performance, but it's not like he had a ton of great performances throughout the preseason when he was with the New York Giants. In fact, it was rather bad throughout the preseason. It was kind of the opposite. He didn't have a lot of great moments in the preseason, which is why the Giants ultimately went and cut him at the end of the preseason. Now, I was shocked by that. I thought that was the wrong decision at the time. I thought that he had a couple bad preseason games and it wasn't enough to warrant cutting him in favor of some other players because Tyree Phillips, if you don't remember, went in there and played some pretty good football last season as well uh, when Evan Neal was down with the MCL injury. So Tyree Phillips is a player that... No, I don't think he's a good long-term quality serviceable starter, but I do think he's a damn good backup, and I think that it's worth saying, you know, when your offensive line is struggling in this badly, and you can at least get something quality out of a player, that's when you kind of need to throw Tyree Phillips in there and give him some playing time, but for me personally... I still do have some sort of belief in Evan Neal. I think that he is a player who was built perfectly to play the right tackle position, and I just really hope that the Giants can figure it out with him and get him to pan out. And I do think it's worth keeping him on the field to develop. And for what it's worth, the Giants have done these offensive line rotations for a while now um, under Bobby Johnson and Brian Dable. We saw last season there was a rotation between Ben Bredesen and Nick Gates. We've seen a little bit of a rotation this season as well, whether they're rotating on a game by game basis and getting different starters in there or if they are doing it on a drive-by-drive -drive basis they have done it a couple times this season as well but they did it a lot last year usually we've only seen them do it at the guard spots but maybe they give it a try over at right tackle maybe you have uh, Evan Neal go in there for the first two drives then you throw Tyree Phillips out there for the next two drives see how they perform and then go from go from there with the rotation for the rest of the game I think that is an option for the New York Giants now I know that there's a lot of fans don't, that don't like the offensive lineman rotations in general I'm not always crazy about them but I think in this instance it does make sense because you do really need a larger sample size of Tyree Phillips to compare and contrast to Evan Neal before making a permanent decision at the right tackle spot. So I think that Evan Neal was starting to play a little bit better before this injury. I would like to see if he continues to build on that. And if he doesn't, then sure, give the keys over to Tyree Phillips. And I know, again, that's probably really shocking for people to hear me say is that I'm like advocating for Evan Neal to be on the field right now. But again, I think he was starting to improve his game. And I'd like to see that through and not just say, you know, Tyree Phillips looked really good in one game. It's a very small sample size. And I don't want to just put all my stock into Tyree Phillips based on that one sample size game. Um, I know that there's a lot of 
a much larger bad sample size for Evan Neal and what he's put on film and put on the field this season. But still, his his small sample size of good football, Tyree Phillips' small sample size of good football, at least giving the Evan Neal a chance here. Maybe Tyree Phillips having a good performance motivates him even further. Maybe that makes Evan Neal take us another step forward like we saw him take last week. Maybe he takes another step forward when he's back on the field because he knows that Tyree Phillips is now giving him um, a little bit of competition for his job. So, I think that the leash is still really short on Evan Neal, but I'd like to see him at least get an opportunity to show that it wasn't a flash in the plan in the pan against the Buffalo Bills. He was starting to make some progress, and if he really wasn't starting to make progress and it was a flash in the pan, sure, by all means, I'm happy to see Tyree Phillips go out there and play some more football, but I do think that there is a little bit more breathing room for Evan Neal, and he should have a little bit more of an opportunity to try and earn his way uh, permanently as the starting right tackle. I mean, look, I think that it's it's a fair argument. Um, with that being said, I think that it's also fair to give Phillips another opportunity this upcoming week at least to uh, see if it's consistent, like see if it's not a flash in the pan, see if it is something that he can actually compound on. And, you know, as you said, they did cut him in the preseason, right? They did cut him in training camp after training camp, but he landed with the Eagles, and he said – I got a lot better being with Philadelphia. Like, he was like, I go against, up against some of the best pass rushers in football every single day. I learned some, some of the best coaches. Like, maybe that's just an indication that our coaching is bad. You know, that Phillips went somewhere else for only a couple of months and got that much better. Like, he became a competent offensive lineman. And the, the problem is, like, he's never been a bad pass protector. I think it's been more of a run-blocking concern with him. He's always been fine in pass protection. Um, I, I just feel as though, you know... Evan Neal has been okay in run blocking on occasion, but maybe this is an opportunity to start transitioning him over to guard. Like maybe if Phillips is, if there's an open competition there, maybe you start working in Neal in the offensive guard, uh, you know, room and, and, and trying to get him a little bit of experience there because Glowinski's contracts after this year is, is I think they're going to move on most likely. I mean, I think that it's a three-year deal, so they could end up keeping him if he has a strong season. I guess it's possible. Um, but if they don't, you know, who's to say that Neil doesn't end up transitioning over to right guard? And then you have, you know, you're a situation there where you go into the NFL draft and let's say you were out of contention for a quarterback if they don't want to go in that direction. They could go after one of the best offensive tackles in football, or rather in the draft class, right? And now you have a pretty strong line with Andrew Thomas and Bredesen and JMS. And, you know, of course, you have, you know, theoretically Neil transitioning to right guard where he may be a little bit better suited. And then you have a young rookie who's actually like, like really good at offensive tackle. Like, you know, of course, you never know what's going to happen, but a really top prospect that can make that, uh, that transition seamlessly, um, a little bit more athletic. You know, it's, it's possible. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, and I will say, though, my take on the Giants addressing the offensive line in the offseason, I know we are a long ways away from that, but you mentioned it, so I figured I'd put my take out there on it. I think that it's time that the Giants invest money into that spot. Go after a veteran offensive tackle, like a real good one. If there is one that shakes free into free agency, or maybe even try to make a trade. At this point, what I think that the Giants need is a guy who can step in and make an immediate impact, not another young player who you do have to develop. No matter how good he is, even if you think he's going to be a sure thing, step in day one and be a talented player. I don't even think that the Giants should risk it. I just think that they should sign somebody uh, in free agency because when you do look ahead to this draft and you look ahead to next season um, as a Giants fan, whether you're talking about Daniel Jones being in there as a starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, or a new quarterback that you draft in the first round, I think that you just need to give them an immediate reinforcement on the offensive line. You can do the the kind of Joe Shane patented move, take a mid-round pick and take a flyer on a veteran guy like he just did with Darren Waller, but do it on the offensive line. Maybe your third-round pick can get you a good right tackle somewhere in the NFL that's available and the Giants go ahead get that guy in there and really 
bolster and reinforce that offensive line. I just think that it's time that the Giants actually invest in getting a really solid, uh, really solid and reliable veteran starter at the right tackle spot. But with Evan Neal, where he was drafted with Tyree Phillips as well, I do think that it's interesting Tyree Phillips landed with the Philadelphia Eagles. And yes, he got better since then. And I think that's a pretty damning indication that maybe Bobby Johnson is part of the problem on the offensive line here. I know that we've been saying that for weeks and weeks. Bobby Johnson, it looks to be the problem on the offensive line. And I think, again, when you're looking at Evan Neal, maybe it just is that he hasn't been properly coached for a year and a half here with the New York Giants. Maybe Bobby Johnson is a much larger part of the problem um, with Evan Neal and part of the reason that he hasn't found success. So I still don't want to fully give up on Evan Neal. I know a lot of Giants fans are ready to do it. Definitely after a bad game, I feel that way too sometimes. I get frustrated and think, you know what, the New York Giants should just cut him at this point. I've had my moments with Evan Neal for sure. We all have. But, you know, you're looking at Tyree Phillips basically saying the coaching was better in Philadelphia. And that's why I'm a better player now. I wasn't able to grow here with the New York Giants is kind of reading between the lines what Tyree Phillips was saying uh, inadvertently. And I think that there's something something to take away from that and apply to Evan Neal. Maybe he's not growing properly because of the coaching with the New York Giants. Um, And the last thing that I want to see is the Giants move on from Evan Neal. He goes to another team and turns into a great offensive lineman. So I really think that when we look for scapegoats uh, in the season, in terms of who to place blame on, Bobby Johnson seems like the leading man in the clubhouse to be that scapegoat, get that firing at the end of the season, and hopefully the Giants bring in a new offensive line coach to turn things around. But we've also done that quite a few times these past few seasons, right, Alex? I mean, the Giants were kind of rotating through offensive line coaches for a few seasons um, and still are if they make the move to fire Bobby Johnson. So I guess what are, what are your thoughts and feelings on that? With Bobby Johnson, will he be the scapegoat? And do you think that what Tyree Phillips was saying there about getting so much better in Philadelphia, I, I feel like it just is in indicating that Bobby Johnson isn't getting it done. I want to know how you feel about that. Well, look, the Giants offensive line played well this past week. Um, I want to know why. You know, I want to know why they played well. Is it because Tyrod Taylor is better at communicating what's going on? Is it because Brian Dable stepped into the offensive line room and helped support them? Is it because Bobby Johnson finally figured it out? Is it because, you know, I don't know, people are rising to the occasion? Like, there has to be a reason, right? Like, these things don't just happen. Um, You don't just, like, go from being the worst to, like, actually having a good week. It doesn't – maybe it was an anomaly, you know. Again, small sample size, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I want to see him get Andrew Thomas back. I want to see him get JMS back, and I want to see if this line actually puts together any sort of consistency. So right now, like, I am looking at Bobby Johnson and saying, like, you you got – you are definitely more of a part of the problem than a part of the solution because – the offensive line has only been a problem um, and certainly hasn't been a solution. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at him and saying, you know, uh, what's going on. But at the same time, I'll throw into the mix that he's not had a healthy offensive line, like, at, aside from week one. You know, you're talking about Josh Azudu. You're talking about Marcus McKethan. You're talking about Justin Pugh. You're talking about guys that are changing positions left and right. And then you have <clears throat> the lack of talent variable. Evan Neal is just not a good player um, for the most part right now. Um you know, Marcus McKethan is coming off an ACL tear as a, as a, as a late-round rookie, as late, essentially a late-round rookie. Joshua Zudu had never played left tackle before in the NFL before this season, and he was a, a third-round, fourth-round pick. Like, you know, you're looking at these guys, like, I mean, he doesn't have much to work with, you know, aside from his starters. And JMS looked good. Andrew Thomas is phenomenal. Like, he lost both of those guys, um, and that sucks. So, you know, when you, when you look at the situation at hand, you have to ask yourself, uh, there is, is there slack we can give Bobby Johnson? And I think there is. And I want to see them get a little healthier, and then I want to see what happens. If they get a little healthier and they start putting it together and things are starting to look good, 
Bobby Johnson can save himself here. I think there is an opportunity for him to save himself, but it's gonna happen. It's gotta happen fast. And then when the good players are back, they gotta play well. And they can't be there can't be communication issues. There can't be issues, you know, uh, with chemistry. Like they gotta step up and play as a team and play as a unit because you know you, you you can't justify it anymore if they get these guys back and they suck still. Yeah, definitely. But I will say, you know, you kind of mentioned there's still breathing room there for Bobby Johnson, right? Like maybe he he is starting to turn it around right now. The offensive line looked better this week. Maybe Bobby Johnson figured it out is one of the things that you mentioned as a possible solution here. So if we're giving Bobby Johnson more time to figure it out, more time to prove himself, I feel like we can afford to give a little bit more time to Evan Neal as well. I think that Evan Neal is Bobby Johnson, arguably his top project that he's had since he's been here was developing him. And if we feel like Bobby Johnson's maybe starting to figure it out, I think that it's worth it to give him a little bit more time to try and figure it out with Evan Neal in particular. But I do know that Brian Dable has to make a decision here, has to protect his quarterback, keep Daniel Jones safe or Tyrod Taylor safe, and do the the thing that will help this New York Giants football team win games throughout the rest of the season. That is always going to be the primary objective for Brian Dable. That's one of the reasons I, I really do believe in him as a head coach, because I know that he's willing to bench guys, cut guys, if he doesn't think they're going to help the team win games. And Brian Dable is all about bringing winning football to New York for the Giants. So he'll make the decision. I'm going to trust in Brian Dable, whichever decision he makes, but it will be interesting to see what happens here at this right tackle spot and really along this offensive line, if this one game was a flash in the pan or if they continue to develop and get better week by week and hopefully become a competent unit by the end of the season. That is something that we are all dreaming of. The New York Giants having a competent offensive line. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that they had that. So hopefully this is the first step in the right direction and the New York Giants offensive line will be better um, in the coming weeks so that pretty much wraps this one up though make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section if you're listening on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants without further ado we will catch you on the next one have a good one and let's go giants